0: The Holy Gospel, according to St. Luke, the seventh chapter. The disciples of John reported all these things to him. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to the Lord, saying, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And when the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. When John's messengers had gone, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind. What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing. Behold, those who are dressed in splendid clothing and live in luxury are in king's courts. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. I tell you, among those born of women, none is greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
1: In the holy name of Jesus, Amen. Often we see the flow of our life as a series of benchmarks. Go to school, graduate. Then go to college and graduate. Get a job, buy a house. Once you reach each benchmark, another one is delivered. But of course, what happens when you reach that final benchmark, when there are no more, when it's the end? Theoretically, once you've checked everything off your list, life should be great, right? Contentment should define your life. But of course, there's always this nagging feeling that something is missing, feeling discontent. You miss what's in front of you because you begin to look for that next benchmark. What's next? John the Baptist's entire life is about the coming one. His entire existence is about one benchmark. The Messiah. And today, something amazing happens. He reaches his benchmark. But rather than being content, he wonders. John wasn't sure that he had reached it because of where he was sitting didn't correspond to what he thought the Messiah would do. The Messiah was to set the captives free. But John, of course, is sitting in prison. Was Jesus the one? Even though John was in prison. Did reach Did reaching his benchmark mean nothing? So Jesus, hearing John's anxiety and discontentment, responds by showing John that he is, in fact, the coming one. But rather than telling John not to worry about it or to not question whether he made the right decision about his life, Jesus does something. What Jesus does is that he shows John what he's already done. In a sense, Jesus is showing John what's already there. Because the healing and the resurrecting and the preaching of the good news, the forgiveness of sins, are things that Jesus has already done in the Gospel of Luke up to chapter 7. In a sense, John had the answer to his question standing right in front of him. There are no more coming benchmarks for John. Jesus has come, which means the fullness of John's life is already with him. Even in prison, Jesus shows John that he has everything he's longed for. Because in Jesus' God has arrived, and salvation has come for John. Now, what John might need, though, is a little huga. Huga is a Danish word for cozy contentment, and it was made fairly well known last year through a small book called *The Little Book of Huga: Danish Secrets to a Happy Life*. Now, if you haven't heard of huga, huga is just simply where everyday pleasures become sources of joy, and it's really the antithesis of living your life focused on the next benchmark. And really, the best season for Huga is now, although it' being very warm today, Huga is a great way of combating the dark and the cold by warming up with a warm drink and a nice conversation with a friend. See, there's no program or trick for Huga. It's just simply seeing what you have right in front of you rather than focusing on what you don't have. Now, Of course, Jesus doesn't show John Hugo. He shows himself to John. Because John doesn't really need Huga. He needs to recognize who is in front of him. See, with Jesus, there isn't a next one. He is it. And once you've met Jesus, your life becomes content because your life has been filled up by God himself. Now, this contentment comes from real things and not just nice thoughts. That's why Jesus doesn't give John some words but shows him real-life events. Jesus shows John that he actually penetrates real life. And what he gives really changes you. When Jesus arrives in your life, contentment ensues because you have what every human heart longs for. A life with God. In the Old Testament reading, Zephaniah says that God will quiet you with his love. All the restlessness and discontentment will be quieted. That means to be made peaceful because God, as it says in Zephaniah, is is in, in your midst. God is present with his love. And Saint Paul says in the epistle, then, to not be anxious. And Saint Paul says this because he knows that Jesus is present, ready to show himself in your everyday life. Since Jesus changes our everyday life by giving us contentment with his presence, we of course then can follow Paul's first words in the epistle reading, rejoice. We can rejoice because we've made it, because of Christ's work. By believing we have in Jesus what our hearts long for, that's reconciliation with God and a life with him, our life then is lived rejoicing. Our life is marked by joy. The joy is not a result of another benchmark as if we got that one more possession or if we got that one more thing or we've got that one more job, then life would be good. But the joy flows from the one who's already standing in front of you. The joy flows from the contentment that we have by the very presence of Christ. This means your spiritual life doesn't need one more prayer or one more good work in order to be fulfilled. But your life, everything you're looking for is already standing in front of you in Jesus' word, and in his sacraments. See, once John believed that all of his hopes in his entire life worked, were fulfilled in Jesus, his desires to keep looking are not completed or done with, but now are transformed. It's transformed into an expectation to look for more inside of what God has already done. To look for more in what God has already given you. See, now the things that you have become more profound. They become more wondrous. They become sources of joy. Forgiveness becomes a never-ending source of surprises because of God's grace. That same Bible verse you've heard a hundred times becomes a source of something new. And receiving the Eucharist becomes a wellspring of God's never-ending love. And most importantly, then, the people around you become as if they're like oceans that take a lifetime of deep-sea diving to get to know. And of course, then, each day becomes an opportunity, a new opportunity to look for what God is doing in your life is already doing in your life. Each day becomes an opportunity to see how he's healing you, how he's giving you life, and how he's forgiving your sins. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.